With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, since that time, you've actually shared your journey of homeschooling online with a lot of families. Um, and I know you actually, I've seen you use the term distractible mind, which I think is um, really neat versus, you know, labels, which I know can be challenging. But you've also created an online community called Sizzlebop to reach out to other families that were facing similar struggles. And it just seems to me that we're seeing a surge in families with uh, special learners who are deciding to homeschool their children. Are you seeing a lot of that across the country as well? Yeah, I mean, homeschooling seems to be growing by leaps and bounds in, in any case, but particularly I think amongst those who have been uh, depending upon the public school system to provide you know, this one-on-one -on -one high intensity, this labor-intensive um, response to whatever their child's special needs struggles are. And sometimes the schools can do it and sometimes they can't. And very often parents have found themselves saying, I, I think I could do what they're doing at home or, or even saying, I think I can do better at home. And so an awful lot of folks are going home and discovering that sometimes, often in fact, homeschooling is the best environment for some of these kids to just blossom and learn the way they learn. So yes, you're right. Absolutely. A lot of folks are turning to it. And I know that you have talked about uh, when you first started homeschooling and you would go into your local support groups and uh, traditional homeschool groups, but it just wasn't the connection that you necessarily needed because you weren't dealing with the same struggles that a lot of those families were dealing with. And I think, I'm sure that's what led you to start kind of your online community. And I think uh, it's just, it has to be very important to families to find other like-minded people who are dealing with the exact same struggles that they're dealing with. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I, I love support groups, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't know how I could have homeschooled without them, but the unique struggles of a really active, uh, you know, or even hyperactive, very distractible child, you may be the only one in your group who has a child like that. And so when they, they're not uh, comfortable dealing with a child like this, sometimes their responses are are ill-informed and they think it's just a behavioral issue or a diet issue or a red food uh, diet issue. And, you know, I mean, you get all of these different theories. And a lot of times folks have really um, struggled, uh, folks like me have struggled to find a place in, in a homeschool support group as much as, as much as you love them. So I ended up starting an online support group because I knew, I knew from my speaking experience that there were other families like mine all over the country, but we were separated by geography. So I opened up this, you know, this little online support group called Sizzlebop, and lo and behold, you know, we're like over, I don't know, 5,300 families now um, with kids like mine, and it's, it's one of the few places where we're understood. And I, I think one of my favorite ways to explain it is things come out of our mouths 
as parents of these kids that regular parents never, ever, ever have to say. And I, I found myself <laughs> saying things to this child, and I thought, other parents cannot say these things. It just can't be. And so I, I started a contest. I said, I want to hold a contest called I Can't Believe I Said That. Send in something you've said that has astounded you. And we had some of the funniest responses. I mean, they just filled pages, and it was stuff like, get the goat out of the bathroom, and, and don't sniff your neighbor. And, and I mean, hysterical things. <laughs> And I think my favorite one, and this one did not win, but we actually took a vote and awarded a prize. But my favorite one, bar none, was spit your brother's tooth back out and give it to him right now. Now, I think that's funny, (laughs) but I just don't believe most moms and dads find themselves saying that. These kids are so unique. They are quirky, they are fun, and they are absolutely delightful. So that's why we have that community. Oh, that's just great. Well, as you and I are recording this conversation, it is currently January. And what uh, I've really seen in recent years is that more and more families actually make the decision to homeschool at this point of the year. And most often, it is parents who have students that really had a rough first semester in the public school system, right. and they've, they've been home during Christmas break, and they just don't want to put their kid back into that situation. And so we constantly see a lot of families struggling in January to quickly set up what we would kind of call a school at home, and you mentioned that earlier, rather than really homeschooling, because they didn't, they didn't plan to homeschool, but that's where they find themselves at the beginning of the new year. And I know that in a lot of our, um, on our Facebook pages and in our Facebook groups, we find ourselves as veteran moms repeating the same advice, and that is just slow down, relax, and take your time. And it's really some tough advice yeah. for new families. Um, and I think that uh, it's kind of it feels counterintuitive when you're a new mom. But what I had said to someone online um, is that you just you don't slow down and relax because homeschooling is easy because it's not necessarily going to be easy. Um, but you have to take time to deprogram yourself and your kids from the public school system. You need time to just spend with them to evaluate what they know and what they need. And a lot of that comes down to knowing your child's learning style and figuring out what that is. Um, and I know that learning styles is just a, you know, that's very near and dear to your heart. Right. So where do these families start as they pull their kids out of the public school and they're trying to identify the best way to homeschool them? You know, you and I and every other veteran turns to these lovely folks who are, are terrified. I mean, they have that deer-in-the-headlights look, and we say to them, relax, take a breath, slow down, and they can't. I mean, they simply can't because they're, they're just so freaked out by this. They're, they have, they've been birthed into a new world, and they don't know it yet. They believe they're right. supposed to take the public school model home and duplicate it there. And you can do that. I mean, there are some parents who actually do that, and their kids learn okay. But what they don't realize for, for a long time is that's one of about 20 different models that you can choose from. And the others just bring so many more options and such a richness to learning and such closeness to your kids that they're worth looking at. But in the beginning, I think it's really hard for parents to hear that. So I understand, and I was that parent that first year, I really understand not being able to hear that for a while. But when they get to the point where they can take a breath, and, and it's like you said, you actually have time. You have time to decompress. You have time to figure out how this child learns. You have time to 
help your child realize learning can actually be fun. I mean, that may be a new concept to this kid, maybe a new concept to us. Right. And, and you've actually got time to do that. And here's why you've got the time. Because homeschooling is the most efficient and forgiving educational model there is. You can do it wrong. You can do it wrong for years. You can make a bazillion mistakes. And in the end, they will still learn. They will learn really well. And they will almost always exceed the uh, public school counterpart, uh, their peers, in terms of, uh, you know, just even general scoring. I mean, the, the, the numbers are in. It's kind of hard to debate when you've got millions of kids who have proven that homeschooling is so efficient and forgiving. So back to your question. When it comes to learning styles, I've really gone against the flow of, of standard learning style approaches because they were very frustrating to me. Most of the learning style books that I was reading when I was looking for help gave you this wonderful, long survey, a set of survey questions. And you had to go through and mark how your child responded to this. I mean, do they prefer to play in groups or do they prefer to be alone? Do they like uh, pistachio ice cream or chocolate? I mean, just all kinds of things, you know. And, and at the <laughs> end of your survey, you had this really great label that said, this is your child's learning style. The problem is, and that was usually a lot of work and, and took up 80 or 90% of the pages of the book. The problem is, that's still preparatory work. The real value in learning styles comes in the next part, which is the teaching. And that's where it seemed to me a lot of the books kind of fell short. They really got all wrapped up in this really cool parade of coming up with a label for the child, but they didn't carry it the next step as effectively on how to now teach to that. So I came at it from a very different perspective. I came up with a whole bunch of different ways to teach children, subject by subject, that tapped into a whole bunch of different learning styles. And my theory is teach from a whole bunch of different styles, and when it works, you'll know it, and then do more of that. I mean, it's a really simplified method. It sounds so simple, you almost think it, it can't be <laughs> legitimate. But that's how I taught. I taught math in ways that tapped into the way my child would hear. If you've got the kinesthetic learner who needs to move or the auditory learner who needs to hear it or the visual learner who needs to see it, I found ways to teach math and science and history and geography and spelling and reading all of those subjects using all of those different learning styles. And when it worked, you could tell. I mean, it was obvious that it clicked for the child. And that, to me, was a much more effective method than trying to come up with a survey ahead of time and then apply it. Wow, yes. Well, we want to share with everybody the name of your book, which is actually the big What Now Book of Learning Styles. And we are going to take a quick break for commercial. But I want to make sure that all of our listeners know that if they stick with us to the end, you are giving away two copies of your book, um, and at the end of our podcast, we're going to share with them some instructions on how they can win a copy of your book. Um, they can, they'll be able to pick it up at the convention. You might even sign it for them, right? I absolutely would sign it for them. That'd be fun. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Carol's also going to share uh, even more with us, including some tips on how to get for yourself the good education you wish you had received in school. And we'll be right back. Okay, um, I'm going to take a quick sip here. Okay. okay. Is there anything you want me to say right. about the conference? Um, anything you want? Other than, how ex well, <laughs> other than how excited you are to be there. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I don't have anything specific. I mean, clearly we want to use this to get 
um, as many people to the convention as possible. But of course, um, we want people to have this podcast for many, many months beyond the convention. So um, I'd like to, you know, just kind of plant little seeds of coming to the convention, but I want to make sure that I don't overemphasize it clearly because. I don't want them to feel that this isn't worth listening to if we get six months down the road. Yeah, okay. So, okay, all right. We'll dive back in here. Welcome back, everyone. Carol, you posted recently that the best teachers are as excited about learning as they are about teaching. So how do moms stay excited, and then how do they pass that along to their children? Well, I think you have to give yourself permission to learn alongside your children. I think a lot of moms think they have to know this stuff ahead of time, and if they don't, they're going to fail their children. And instead, there were, there were many subjects where I was learning right alongside my children. And that love of learning is something that, that is not taught. That, that's caught. Either they, they catch it from, from seeing you love learning or they come to think that, you know, learning is drudgery because it's all read this, fill in the blanks, and take a test. So I think good teachers – teach, but great teachers learn along with you and learn and also can teach. I think there's, there's this, this excitement that you want to you wanna free yourself to do. I think it surprised me. Um, I, I, I need to say this, and you've got to hear the end of the story. I hated history all through high school. I hated <laughs> history all through college. I thought history meant a boring subject matter. That was the Webster's definition of history. And it is astounding to me to tell you now, after 21 years of homeschooling, that I absolutely love history. And if I went back to school, I'd be getting a master's in history. That's how much I've changed on the subject of history. And that's because I started realizing history, it, it, it's, like, it's about people. I don't know how you can make the lives of people boring. My history professors managed to do it, mind you, but I don't know how, because you've got to work really hard to make history boring. And so we began, when we, when we study a period of history, we don't simply read a textbook and take a test. We dress up in costumes. We reenact important events. We make food from the time period. We go on field trips that reinforce it. We do online games that reinforce it. We are always uh, reading historical fiction, even watching movies that will reinforce that particular time period. And the cool thing about watching movies is that very often they get history wrong. And so then we do a follow-up exercise where we'll go on Google and, and check on that movie and then these words, historical accuracy. Oh, my love, I love it. Professors all over the country will tell you how they got that movie wrong. And that becomes a lesson oh, of itself. So, I mean, every single subject that your child gets involved with, let them see your enthusiasm for learning along with them. Don't think you have to be the font of knowledge. Instead, be the font of love of learning and you will give your child something that will carry them the rest of their lives. So I guess this is the key to doing uh, what you have said is to give yourself the education you wish you had received, is to just use these opportunities as you're teaching your children to fill in your own gaps, really. Yeah, I have, I have a new method of, of curriculum I've jokingly said that I'm going to start working on called rabbit trail education. And that's because I am <laughs> completely comfortable stepping off of a lesson plan and following something that is of interest to either me or my children. So there's a, we may be talking about something, and my, my child asks a question that's kind of tangentially related, not, not really connect, but just by tangent. And I'm thinking, that's a really interesting question. And we go and we look it up, and the next thing you know, we have stepped off of that curriculum plan, and we have followed something that fascinates us, maybe for as long as two weeks. 
we may chase down information. But the reason I love doing that is one, um, it, it, it's like we're it's like we're Indiana Jones and we're unearthing something that's truly fascinating. The second thing is it teaches my kids that um, learning is this adventure. But third, I'm striking while the iron's hot. And they are, when they're interested in knowing the answer to the question, that's when they're most likely going to hold on to the information. Now, there was a time early on when my child would say to me, well, you know, what, what would happen if, you know, the Native American tribe of this and such lived over here? And I would say, no, 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 right now we're doing a study of, of um, you know, the, the Revolutionary War. You're going to have to save that for our Native American study. I would actually close down the question because it didn't fit with my lesson plan. And I have now learned not to do that. For, for me, I'm perfectly comfortable chasing down something interesting just because it's interesting. And I used to worry about that. I thought, oh, my kids are going to have this really disjointed sense of the world. But I made this amazing discovery. When you chase rabbit trails far enough, they eventually circle back and they reconnect. And your kids realize everything is connected, all of history and, and why you know, the things are that the way they are. They all eventually connect. And that, that's a way I love to learn. So if your mom, if you've got a mom who likes to, everything to be tightly organized and she wants to follow a lesson plan, you know, she can do it. God bless her. It'll work. I, it's good. But if you've got a mom who likes to take off on those rabbit trails, she can do that too, and her kids will still learn. I, I just love the the name and the approach, and I think that sometimes we need to give ourselves freedom to do that, um, to be a bit more flexible with our lesson plans. Um, and I think that comes with time. But um, you've seen a lot of homeschool surveys about your homeschool style, and I think we're just going to have to keep putting that one out there and give people that option that not you know there's not only. Uh, classical Christian education and Charlotte Mason style, I think you've coined a new phrase there, <laughs> rabbit trail education. Yeah, I like that one. It, I mean, it really kind of defines me personally, too, so <laughs> it works. It's kind of the Lucy so, Ricardo method of homeschooling. <laughs> it's real. It's real. That's what we need. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go um, – too far. Um, I know our time is pretty short here today, but I just really did not want to miss out on the opportunity to um, talk with you a little bit more about your personal story and about being a prodigal yourself. Um, you have written a book titled Engaging Today's Prodigal, and you share about your story along with providing some valuable insights for churches and families that might also be struggling with this issue. Can you share a little bit about your story and your heart for reaching today's prodigals? Yeah, that's quite a quite a shift from my my earlier work, which was all about you know teaching an ADHD. But because of my own personal journey, which was uh, I was uh, a pastor's daughter raised in a solid Christian home, loving parents, and uh, left the faith and became an atheist for many many years, thirteen long years before I became a Christian. And so I, I kind of, when I returned to faith, I kind of kept it to myself, and I just kind of flew under the radar. And, um, you know, I enjoy my Christian community, my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I wasn't always sure they would understand that journey that I took. But my, my many years in the homeschooling community, I watched so many families just sort of implode when a child would um, have questions of faith or would step away from the faith. And I thought, I, I think I've got to start speaking up. And and sharing at least the things I learned during that journey, particularly things like what my parents did well and what they wish they had done differently, things that the church did well, things that perhaps the church should do differently. 
so uh, I started sharing. In fact, before the book was ever written, I started sharing um, my story and having a workshop in homeschooling conferences. And I've got to tell you, Tanya, it's kind of funny. The, the very first one I ever had, it was like people were going to their first AA meeting. I mean, it was it was so serious, and people were so wounded when they walked in the door. It was so different from my other talks and my other workshops. No one sat near each other. No one looked each other in the eye. There was so much, and I finally figured out what the word was. There was so much shame involved. And mm-hmm. I knew that for an awful yeah. lot of parents, I needed to free them from that shame. Now, mind you, there are some parents who have to take on some shame because they may very well have done some things that impacted their child's faith walk. But the vast majority were taking blame for a child who just exercised free will. And I, I mean, I think sometimes people come to my workshops and they're, they're thinking they're going to hear some sordid details about my father and what it was like behind closed doors in the parsonage. I have no horrible stories to tell you. I had a wonderful father. I mean, just, just an amazing, godly, intellectual, really funny man who lived what he preached every single day. There, there was no hypocrisy. There were no two sides to this man's faith. So I don't have any stories like that to share. And I'm here to tell you that you can be a really great parent and your kids can still walk away because that's what I did to my parents. And so I really do want to spend some time trying to let them know which part of it is their fault and which one's not and the stuff that they need to let go and then give them tips on how to interact with that prodigal who may very well be going through some of the same stuff I did. I think it's very important. Um, it's an important message for um, for people to hear, um, and I'm just so grateful that you are uh, sharing it with the homeschool community because it, again, I think like we said earlier, it's bigger than looking up at a speaker and thinking that they're Martha Stewart um, because it's not that big a deal to admit that you're a messy housekeeper. Um, and those are little things that we can easily joke about not being perfect in. But when it comes to our parenting um, and our faith and uh, the things with our children, um, it, it's harder to be real about those things. But I'm sure that you've um, really been able to connect with a lot of families um, who needed to hear that message. Yeah, they did. I think, I mean, it, 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 you know, coming kind of out of the woodwork and sharing my journey, it may have alienated me from a few folks, but for those who needed to hear it, it drew us so much closer because we all needed to know that um, we weren't alone in this journey. And, I, you know, the grace of God uh, is big enough to cover me and my story. And so I, I'm sorry that sometimes folks don't know how to bring grace to, to these prodigal kids, but um, God's bigger than their story. So there's a lot of hope to be had. Well, I agree. And I, again, I just appreciate for you sharing that message with us. And I wish we had more time. Um, feel like we could talk all day. But that's what the convention's for, right? Absolutely. I'll be we, happy to talk all day there if you'll let me. So that'll work. <laughs> that's right. Well, I know you're, you are presenting a whole list of wonderful workshops. And I, people can check out our website. They can, um, of course, uh, hear you there in person. Um, I hope that many people join us also on Thursday for one of our big pre-convention events, and that is your Right to Publish workshop, which I think is very exciting, So, and that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about doing that one. That's a good one. And people should hear it's W-R-I-T-E, Right to Publish, as opposed to R-I-G-H-T, Right to Publish. So, <laughs> just in case you think we're doing very a First Amendment point. kind of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, and thank you again for today's uh, giveaway. So let me tell our listeners, um, you are giving us 
um, giving away two copies of your book, The Big What Now Book of Learning Styles. And to enter the giveaway, our listeners need to visit your website and check out your top 10 tips. Um, those are the tips that I guess basically started it all for you and started your um, homeschool community. Um, and they, after they go through your top 10 tips, they just need to make a comment here on our page for today's podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network to share uh, which is their favorite tip and why. And um, they will find lots of great information on your website as well. So entries will be valid through February 13, 2015, and our winners will be drawn at random. So your website is? We should send them to sizzlebop.com because if they go to my, my writing website, they won't find it. So S-I-Z-Z-L-E-B as in Bravo, O-P as in Paul, sizzlebop.com. Great. Well, everyone, don't miss your chance to win, um, especially for our new homeschool families who are getting started on their journey. It will be just absolutely a great uh, resource for you. And we look forward to seeing everyone at the convention. So thank you again, Carol. I just really appreciate you spending your afternoon with me. Thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you at the conference. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.